Section six of the Hohenzollerns in America by Stephen Leacock. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Hohenzollerns in America, Chapter six. It is a year or nearly a year since I wrote in my memoirs, and I only add to them now because things have happened which mean that I shall never write any more. Mr. Peters and I were married last autumn. He asked me if I would marry him the day that he held the arm of my chair in the boarding-house where we used to live. At first I never thought that Uncle William would permit it, because of the hopeless difference of birth. But it turned out that there was no difficulty at all. Uncle's mind was always so wonderful that he could find a way out of anything provided that he wanted to. So he conferred on Mr. Peters an order that raised him right up in birth, so that he came level with me. Uncle said that he could have lifted him higher still, if need be, but that as I was only, in our old life, of a younger branch of the family, it was not necessary to lift Mr. Peters to the very top. He takes precedence, Uncle said, just below Uncle Henry of Prussia, and just above an archbishop. It is so pleasant to think, now that poor Uncle William is gone, that my marriage was with his full consent but even after Uncle William had given his formal consent, I didn't want to get married till I could leave him safely. Only he got along so well in his territory of the Bowery from the very start that he was soon quite all right. He used to go out every morning with his tray full of badges and pencils and shoestrings, and he was a success at once. All the people got to know him by sight, and they would say when they saw him, "'Here comes the Emperor!' or, here comes old Dutch, and very often there would be quite a little crowd round him buying his things. Uncle regarded himself always as conferring a great dignity on any one that he sold a badge to, but he was very capricious, and he had certain buttons and badges that he would only part with as a very special favor and honor. Uncle got on so fast that presently Cousin Ferdinand decided that it would be all right to know him again, and so he came over and made a reconciliation, and took away uncle's money, it was all in small coins, in a bag to invest for him. So when everything was all right with uncle William, Mr. Peters and I were married, and it was on our wedding morning that uncle conferred the order on my husband which made me very proud. That was a year ago, and since then we have lived in a very fine place of our own with four rooms, all to ourselves, and a gallery at the back. I have cooked all the meals and done all the work of our apartment, except just at the time when our little boy was born. We both think he is a very wonderful child. At first I wanted to call him after the Hohenzollerns, and to name him William Frederick Charles Mary Augustus Francis Felix, but somehow it seemed out of place, and so we have called him simply Joe Peters. I think it sounds better. Uncle William drew up an act of abnegation of Joe, whereby he gives up all claim to a reversion of the throne of Prussia, Brunswick, and Waldeck. I was sorry for this at first, but Uncle said that all the Hohenzollerns had done it, and had made just as great a sacrifice as Joe has in doing it but my husband says that under the Constitution of the United States, Joe can be president, which I think I will like better. It was one day last week that Uncle William met with the accident that caused his death. He had walked far away from his territory, up to where the great park is, 
because in this lovely spring weather he liked to wander about. And he came to where there was a great crowd of people gathered to see the unveiling of a new monument. It is called the Lusitania Monument, and it is put up in memory of the people that were lost when one of our war-boats fought the English cruiser Lusitania. There were a lot of soldiers lining the streets and regiments of cavalry riding between, and it seems that when Uncle William saw the crowd and the soldiers, he was drawn nearer and nearer by a sort of curiosity, and when he saw the great white veil drawn away from the monument, and read the word Lusitania that is carved in large letters across the base, he screamed out in a sudden fear, and clashed among the horses of the cavalry, and was ridden down. They carried him to the hospital, but he never spoke again, and died on the next day but one. My husband would not let me go to see him, as he was not conscious, and it could do no good, but after Uncle William was dead, they let me see him in his coffin. Lying there, he seemed such a pitiful and ghastly lump of clay, that it seemed strange that he could, in his old life, have vexed the world as he did. I had thought that when Uncle William died there would have been long accounts of him in the papers. At least I couldn't help thinking so, by a sort of confusion of mind, as it is hard to get used to things as they are, and to remember that our other life is unknown here, and that we are known only as ourselves. But though I looked in all the papers, I could find nothing except one little notice, which I cut out of an evening paper, and which I put here as a conclusion to my memoirs. The Emperor Dead Unique character of the East Side passes away. A unique and interesting character, a familiar figure of the East Side of the city, has been lost from our streets with the death of William Hohen last Thursday in the Pauper Hospital, to which he had been brought as the result of injuries sustained in a street accident at the Lusitania celebration. Hohen, who was about sixty-five years of age, was an immigrant out of Germany after the troubles of the Great War. He had been for a year or more a street peddler on the Bowery, where he sold souvenir buttons and various little trinkets. The old man appears to have been the victim of a harmless hallucination, whereby he thought himself a person of royal distinction, and in his fancy converted the box of wares that he carried into orders of chivalry and decorations of knighthood. The effect of this strange fancy was heightened by an attempt at military bearing, which, comic though it was in so old and ragged a figure, was not without a touch of pathos. Some fancied resemblance to the former Kaiser had earned for Hohen the designation of the Emperor, of which he appeared inordinately proud. But those who knew Hohen by sight assure us that the resemblance to the former ruler of Germany, who with all his faults made a splendid and imposing appearance, was of a purely superficial character." It would, alas, have been well for the world if the lot of William Hohenzollern had fallen on the lines of the simple and pathetic emperor of the Bowery. End of section 6